Hello, everyone, and welcome back to We're Watching Star Trek, the original series, the only Star Trek podcast in existence. There's literally not another one out there. Definitely not like 350 of them. Uh, but I am the only Star Trek podcast host for, I don't know where I'm going against anymore. Anyway, I'm Brandon. Uh, we got Paul here. Yo, yo, what's up, people? I am here again to talk about uh, another episode that I'll you know, let you know if I enjoyed it or not. And I'm pretty sure uh, Dan's here. And I swear to God, if you say giddy up, we're done. Giddy up. <laughs> no, right, we're done. We're done. I guess our episode's over, for, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. So before we get started, I had another uh, just kind of a fun question for you guys. And, and I don't even want to know what Dan's answer is going to be on this. But let's say, like, you're in Starfleet. And they're like, hey, you know, you, you've been awesome. We want you to captain, like, be the captain of a brand new ship. But we also want you to name that ship. Uh, Dan, you can't name it Giddy Up. But <laughs> what would you guys name your ships? Oh, man. Oh, I might have to get back to you on this one uh, yeah, later rough. on. Yeah. I- oh, me personally. Um, honestly, the the first word on my mouth is the, is the Excalibur. I like the way that sounds, you know, kind of like, oh. The Star Trek Excalibur. I just, I don't know. And it's a little bit too close. That's got a good ring to it. I wonder if there is like a USS uh, Excalibur. It seems like that's within their like realm, you know? Excalibur. But then I'd have a bunch of random numbers that have like 459, Excalibur 483, something, some weird weird random number. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think it's it's real cool. So I I like the name for it. Yeah, that's a solid one. How about you? Oh, I, I do the USS Giddy Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna take my Giddy Up, huh? USS Giddy Up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It would be it'd be something stupid like the, like the Stretch Armstrong or something. This like Captain, who doesn't want to go work on the Stretch Armstrong? This is Captain Kirk on uh, the SS Giddy Up, and uh, <laughs> we're here on the new mission and plan this week. Like, oh man, like he probably could make it sound cool though. Like Kirk, anytime Kirk says something that sounds cool, no matter what he says. So I bet he was like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Greg, you want to go on my captain? And then Giddy and up? Spock's just over there like, Kirk's like, you know, hey, you know, get us ready to, to warp. And Spock's just over there like, giddy up, captain. And like that's <laughs> and then they just go. Okay, enough of this nonsense. Because uh, we're going to start on season one, episode 13, The Conscience of the King. Original air date was December 8th, 1966. So we're coming to a close in uh, December of 66, which means that when we hit the uh, 67, I'm still going to say 66. Just like I do in real life. Uh, But this episode opens with somebody getting stabbed, which is a a first for us. Uh, And it turns out that Kirk is watching a live performance of Shakespeare's Macbeth. And he's hanging out in the crowd with a dude that's wearing like he has like an eye patch. But they they really tried hard not to show the eye patch. Uh, Like they didn't show that entire like left side of that guy's face. You can kind of see he's got something covering his eye over there. It's just weird. Like it, it was, it was weird. He kind of looked like uh, number one from Austin Powers. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's where I was. I was like, man, this guy looks kind of familiar. Like it's not that guy, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was. They were trying something like that, but yeah. At first, they looked like that. Like, oh, there's his number one. I think that was uh, Austin Powers. The guy's name number one. Yeah, number one, right? Yeah, yep. I don't remember. I haven't seen it for years. Yeah. Man, that okay. Yeah, I was like, that guy looks familiar. Like it's not him for sure. It's 100 percent not him. But, like, there was just some right. similarity that, okay, like that, it's like the design that I recognized. But, um, so they're watching the play, and uh, the guy, the eye patch, uh, turns to Kirk, and he's like, he's talking about one of the, the main actors on the stage, and he's like, that guy right there, that's Kodos the Executioner. 
and then we like that's it and we just get the show opening this is kind of like a dun 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 kind of thing which a like, cool ass name by the way like kodos the executioner if you get like a sweet title like, like that one thing you know it was that was a very weird opening for us like i thought it was the most weirdest yeah. like the whole play the the him just sitting there looking at him like he you know wanted to kill him or whatever like I don't know, it was just weird intro. like i, I it was my you where's the wrong word i'm gonna say unique because i'm not complaining about it because like i just think it was very unique intro like very different than anything we ever seen in the show before so i don't know yeah it was uh, actually pretty refreshing i thought to to not see you know just get a shot well, of the I, enterprise i actually something. thought that i messed up i played episode and has missed some of it so i actually restarted it again not realizing that oh this is the beginning of the episode because i walked the, i looked away for a second it came back and thought maybe i had hit the wrong button and skipped ahead i didn't realize it's like I, we never seen an episode like it wasn't even an intro or anything like that. He, he a, a captain's log or nothing. It was literally the middle of the play, and it threw me off for, for a minute. Yeah, uh, I thought before they before they like revealed that it was a play. I thought we were on like some Shakespearean planet, and like somebody was just getting murdered. Like it's just like Planet Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean there has to be one, right? Yeah. Like infinite planets in the universe. Yeah, there has to be Planet Shakespeare. Am I, somewhere. Am I talking Shakespearean the whole time? What a terrible planet, dude. The murder well, murder rate would be insane. Yeah, the murder rate would be yeah. way up. Yeah. Thou do betray me? Die. <laughs> and, then, and then just, yeah. And then somebody commits suicide because of it, yeah. and everybody on that planet dies. Yep. Just a big chain. Um, but we do come back from the show opening, and now the Enterprise is orbiting a planet. That's what I came here for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we also get a captain's log. So, you know, we had the twofer. Yeah. Uh, it explains that they've diverted their course. Uh, they've diverted from their scheduled course to Signia Minor to confirm the discovery of a synthetic food that could end famine. And it was created by Dr. Thomas Layton. Which I thought, I thought uh, Layton, like, Layton sounded familiar. Maybe it's just because it's a more like, common name. But I thought we might have heard something from... Uh, about like a Dr. Layton or something in Star Trek, but mm. I haven't, I didn't go back and like, I didn't find anything. So I don't I, know. I'm not sure. But the one thing I thought about the moment I uh, saw the synthetic uh, food thing was, I wonder if it's safe. First of all, I thought, if it, what if it was safe? And I thought, man, what, what if we could really create the food to change the world? But that's a whole nother secondary question. <laughs> and, well, okay. Paul, what what type of food, any type of food you wanted, what would you create? Uh, okay, I'd probably oh. just have like a perfect steak all the time. Honestly, uh, the perfect steak. Oh, come on, bro! Just really? all the time. All just the all the time. No. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. You know, okay, so but also change the world, not change just for myself. Okay, if I was going to do anything that was synthetic and change the world, I would do something like wheat or something, or like something I know wheat can be used in a lot of stuff. So I would do like wheat. Okay, but if we're going to change the world, then that means that I'm going to bring back the bacon cheddar mushroom melt from Wendy's. <laughs> So no. we're going to synthesize those. Gonna synthesize, but, uh, well, you, you know what my answer is going to be. I know what your answer is going to be. Go ahead. I'm going to bring back the Nacho Crunch Grill Stuff Burrito. Oh, get yep. out of here. From Taco Bell. Oh, that thing you was, didn't say uh, we had to change the world for the better. Like, we could just make everybody obese. That nobody so. nobody liked the Nacho Cheese uh, Grill Stuff Burrito. Nobody liked that. Probably that's, some of you. That's why it's gone. Oh, man. This, this podcast is yeah. over now. That, those are no, fights. I don't like that. I'd rather have a Nacho Bo Grande and a heartbeat over that. All right, so, uh, yeah, so Kirk is on the planet, uh, and he's talking to the guy with the eye patch and some woman, and they, they're still trying to hide this, like, his that his face is messed up on the other side. They're not doing a, a super great job because you can see bits and pieces of the eye patch over there. Um, so Kirk is, like, he's mad because he was uh, he called off, you know, three light years off of his course to hear this guy with the eye patch 
uh, accuse somebody of being Kodos. So it turns out like the synthetic food thing was just a lie. And he's like, you know, you put me in trouble with your lie and like you get your you're in trouble because of your synthetic food lie. Like you can't just divert a starship here, uh, you know, to, to lie about stuff like that. So the guy's like, well, I did it to trap Kodos and Kirk is like, Kodos is dead. So whoever Kodos is like obviously super bad guy, but he's also dead. Uh, but the eye patch dude, his name is Tom, and he's like, well, how can anybody know for sure that Kodos is dead when his body was burned beyond recognition? And I'm like, oh, man, that's a classic like that. You see that all the time. If if you ever have a character that you want to make it like a surprise comeback, yep. there was like a fire or an explosion. They were burned beyond, beyond recognition, recognition and you know they're coming back every like 100 percent of the time. They're always coming back. You don't start that trope without them. Like they, they just always come back. It's like the classic villain trope. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to clarify that I, I I forgot to play episode we're watching this time, but um, uh, this time I, the mask is terrible, okay. And by terrible, yeah. I put mask terrible. Really, what the hell? Because for a show that has some of the like I won't say the best like uh, practical elements, but they're really good ones. Like there's a lot of really good stuff in here. I don't understand what was the idea behind this mask. Because there, yeah, there's like a piece of cloth on his face. Yeah, yeah like there was so many. But like, if you want to show that he was scarred or something, there's better ways to show up besides this. Like, so like you could give him a phantom or opera mask. That out of take that better. You could have put him in. Uh, you could have just cover half his face up with C, with the the uh, mask stuff they've been doing to everybody throughout the whole damn show. Like, they could have made half his face alien alien if they want to. They could have all these cool ideas to make his mask uh the face look cooler, like to show there's damage or whatever to it. There's a thousand other things they do. They could have eye patch. Even a plain eye patch would have been better than this. Yeah, do we not have cybernetics in the future? I I, I don't like he, know. He I could just, have been like Kano. Well, I, I thought he was gonna look like uh, I thought he was gonna look like Two Face. Yeah, so, so yeah, that, just something, so, something. I just thought that it was for for a show that's so good at inventive things. There's a thousand other things they could have did for to make this better. Like I'm not, I'm not like I, I shouldn't complain about that one thing because it really bothers me. Because for like, for uh, aesthetics and looking at it, I hated looking at it because it was just terrible. Like I, I didn't even understand it. Like it was just, I, I don't know. I don't get it. They could have. I don't. There's a thousand ways they could. They could have made him put glasses on and made him blind. They could have. I don't know. A th- they could did a thousand other things besides what they did. Because this, this right here is, is terrible to look at, and it's by far the worst uh, mask I've seen in this show by far. Yeah, and like they've shown that their makeup is actually really good, so yeah. they could have done something with makeup on that Th- side. That's anything. Maybe it's just like a cost thing. I don't know. I mean, it's still early in the series, so yeah, yeah. But anything. But I, imagine I could have went to the store and got a stick of gum or something, or just chew it up and slap yeah, it on yeah, your yeah. face. So I'm saying, just to imply there's something on that, like something, you know, like you could have get anything. I was like, <laughs> well, I just. Well, just in the past episode, if you looked at Pike's face, yeah, yeah I mean, exactly, yeah, yeah. His, his face was all messed yeah, up. Even, even that, even though the two episodes I found were annoying, I just the the the, the masks and stuff looked really good. I just I don't understand. Maybe this guy complained. Maybe they came up with something. The guy that complained, I thought maybe they put the black in, and maybe later on they were going to CGI something there. Because you know sometimes on here the CGI looks terrible. So I thought maybe they might put the black on the CGI some kind of image on his face or something they could do at the time. I don't know. I just know clearly. Yeah, I don't think they had like green screen it, style technology at that time. Yeah, see, I have no idea. I just know clearly that this is maybe the worst idea for a mask I've ever seen in the show. And whoever came up with this idea, I don't know, just needs to be slapped. I just. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Maybe 
his insurance wouldn't cover anything yeah. good. So like, hey, we're just going to give you a piece of cloth <laughs> over your face. And like, All right, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. They yeah. can- this is the I'm I'm just I, I know I'm going on tangent for a long time like I don't waste the time talking about it but I just think there's so many other ways to depict what they were going for like like yeah and, and, unless there's like a heal, healing bandage that you put in your face and it slowly heals your face I don't know I, if they would have said that I'd have gave them a pass I but like, oh that's cool it's the bandage you put in your face and slowly it heals you and you got to wear it around and so have its face is uh, blocked I get that but well man it's sure taking this good old time because that happened like 20 years ago yeah. yeah. But, just, but what if it turns out like his face was completely fine and it was just like a, a fashion trend at the time? Dude, that too. He like, just, he just like, had like, this thing like, over his like face. Like you walked around and saw other people wearing it too. You thought, what the? Like, oh, it must be a fashion. Like if most people were wearing it, it would be a fashion thing for me. But it just, the He's way it was. He's trying to set that trend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is the future. Yeah, just the way it was was just very, I don't know. It's just, it's ugly. It's ugly. And for for such a great show to do stuff, I just, it, it was real ugly. Yeah. But uh, Kirk. Uh, you know, he talks about how the case was closed years ago and, and Tom says he wants it reopened because 4,000 people were butchered. But Kirk asks uh, the woman there, Martha, to help him out. She's like, hey, can you help me out with this guy? And she's like, nothing I can do. Like, uh, you you can't convince him. He's, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tom, uh, he's, he says he's not satisfied that Kodos is dead and that he remembers Kodos and, and what he did. And then that's when we get he slowly reveals like he slowly turns to reveal his his eye and the left side of his head are like covered in just a, a cloth that he grabbed from his bathroom. So uh, he just he keeps pleading for Kirk's help. And Kirk is just like, now nah, nothing I can do. And, and Tom's like, well, you know, that sucks because I invited all of those actors over here for a cocktail party uh, later tonight to confirm that it's Kodos. And Kirk is like, well, I'm out of here. And he just starts to leave. He says he's got to go figure out how to enter all of this into his log. Uh, because, you know, the dude lied to get him there. So yeah. a little bit later on the Enterprise, Kirk is accessing the ship's computer to bring up some files on Kodos, uh, the former governor of Taris, uh, Tarsus 4. Why does every planet have a number? Like, nobody just lives on, like, Tarsus Prime. It's just Tarsus 4. Yeah, I mean, I've been wondering but, uh, if there are multiple planets with that same name, but just different numbers. Yeah. Or maybe you think it, people get them confused? God, imagine the, the like package delivery. Like, oh man, it was supposed to get dropped off today. It got dropped off on Tarsus Six. Tarsus Planet Plus Plus address too. That's funny. Yeah. Like no, um, I, I live at like fifteen oh one Main Street, Tarsus Six. Six. Like, six. Oh, not, not Tarsus Four. Oh, Tarsus Four. <laughs> oh man, my bad guy. It'll be another three light years for you to get that. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that two light years ago. What? what three light years? Oh, think three light years ago. You said three light years delivery. What's going on here? Yeah, like, look, I paid for next light year shipping, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazon Prime. I am a Prime, I'm a Prime. member. Yeah. I'm, I'm you a know, Prime. the light year shipping, and you yeah. guys dropped the ball. Yeah. How dare you? They'll What's refund it? the shipping. That's funny. The, this is the only planet in the solar system. How did you mess that up? <laughs> Wrong system. That's yeah, funny. so uh, so he was also known as Kodos the Executioner, and Kirk asks for the background of the actor Anton Caridian. Cool name, like super standard uh, sci-fi name, Caridian, but yeah. you know, cool name. Uh, the computer records say that 20 years ago, Governor Kodos had invoked martial law and slaughtered 50% of the population of the Earth colony on his planet, and that his body was too badly burned when the authorities arrived, meaning that they couldn't positively identify his remains. But they never say why, like how his body got burned. They never, like, at all through this entire episode, they never talk about how he was supposedly killed. Just that his body thought, was burned up. I thought I said bomb. I thought it was a bomb, maybe. I thought, I thought later it on it? I said something about a bomb. Maybe, maybe I'm tripping. I'm not sure. I thought later on I said maybe something about I that am. it was an explosion. 
Yeah, I'm not no, 100% no. sure. Uh, I mean, that could be. I, I guarantee you I don't have it in my notes because I don't remember it. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's that's possible, yeah. Um, but Kirk tells the computer to stop and he asks for uh, information on the actor. Oh, yeah, we went through this already. Uh, the, the computer says that Anton is the director and star of the traveling company of actors sponsored by the Galactic Cultural Cultural Exchange Project. Who say that ten times fast? Yeah. Uh, they've been touring official installations for the last nine years, and that he has a nineteen-year-old d- daughter named Pause. Lenore. Pause. At the moment, I heard nineteen-year-old daughter. I thought, okay, he's guilty. And not only is he guilty, <laughs> but I thought, but I thought, Kirk's going to have to. Uh, this is the one I predicted the episode where I said, I said, I said he's guilty. Kirk would have to arrest her father, and. Uh, and yeah, because it's a 19-year-old daughter. I knew Kurt was in trouble. And then I yeah. I just I just knew. Once I heard that, I thought, yeah, Kurt's in trouble. Cause like every time we every time we hear a female sting, Kirk gets involved in some in some BS immediately. Like he's it's a, his it weakness. Just, it's his weakness immediately. I'm like, oh, he's in trouble. But he's good yeah, at I'm it. Just saying, yeah. Every time females come around, man, he gets Kirk he has his, game. Yeah, but he puts his he always puts everybody in the worst situations for females every episode, man. If a female's involved, it's all here we go. Kurt's gonna put us in a terrible situation again. Like, oh my god. Hey, that's how he gets them, you know. He get uh, oh, yeah. gives them a little bit of that Stockholm syndrome, like you know, yeah. savior complex. <laughs> yeah. So he asks the computer to compare identification records between Anton and Kodos, and the computer has no identification records on Anton, uh, Caridian. And so he asks for information on Anton before Kodos died, but there isn't any. And it's like Jesus, like how much more obvious can this be? Uh, and Kirk asks for a photograph of Kodos and Caridian, and, he, and then he compares them side by side. And I didn't think they took that. They think I didn't think that they looked, you know, too much alike. Like there's some similarity, no. but I was like, maybe it's not the same guy just based on that photo. I think he's supposed to give you the idea. Maybe not the same guy, or also um, maybe a plastic surgery. Yeah, but that could be. My, but my bigger issue here is five minutes of investigation. He's he, he's already here. Um, it's been what? How many years now? Since he disappeared, yeah, twenty uh, years. Twenty years. Twenty. Twenty years. Nobody had to click a keyboard. Like nobody had to click yeah. anything. <laughs> nobody <laughs> looked anything oh, up about this oh, guy. Oh, 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 he did. Or did like nobody's ever really thought of. I mean, I guess nobody really expected he was alive. So maybe that's why nobody ever searched him. Maybe, but I just, I don't know. Click, click. He, well, he, he know. they do give a de- a decent explanation for that later. I guess that we'll get into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay I know you're talking about. Okay, so uh, Spock enters the room and, and Kirk is like, "Hey, do you think?" Dr. Layton is given to fantasy and I'm like, is he just making shit up? Like, ask if you think he's a liar. Like, what the fuck is that? You think he's given to fantasy? Like, who says that? Yeah, yeah, who talks like that? Yeah. Yeah. But Spock is just like, well, you know, he's a pretty good scientist, which does not answer the question at all. He, he just goes over, like, his characteristics and doesn't answer it at all. Just no help. So... Kirk is like, well, you know, Tom's got a really good memory. And Spock says, well, I don't have any information about that. <laughs> which, okay, so again, super helpful. Uh... But uh, well, why, why, why are you here? You're not helping at yeah, all. Like, why are you even here, dude? Uh, but Spock's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're ready to leave. He, he's ready to give the order to leave. And Kirk says that they're going to delay their departure and uh, that he's going to go back out to the planet. And then he, he leaves the room to go back out to the planet. And back down on the planet, Kirk is at the cocktail party. And he sees the a blonde woman who we find out is Lenore. And she walks into the room and, you know, they start to kind of talk a little bit and Kirk's like holding a drink and, and she's like, Oh, is that for me? And he's like, well, might as well be. And he gives it to her. Like he just drank out of that for starters, bro. Like, she's he, 19, t- he just took fam. a little sip. Stop. Yeah. She's 19. What's legal like, drinking like, age what's on this legal drinking age, Kirk? Thank you. What's legal drinking age? First of all, let's be real here. And then was he just drinking juice? I don't know. I don't know. But like, it's, 
you see this this whole scene right here to me like they're talking together it's so like it's half cringe and half amazing to me like like yeah. everything like kurt is so so cool and the way he approaches everything but you know her like a minute bro you just took a sip out of drink you gave it to her you're touching her everything about this whole situation oh, he works is fast so, dude, he yeah everything about the situation is so like i'm like i don't think kurt could exist nowadays bro like he'd be going to jail yeah quick. like oh yeah oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. Or he'd be kind of creep. Like, it just, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny. How old is Kirk at this point? See, have that's what I was wondering, too. I have that yeah. noted later that I have no clue how old he is. Okay, well, let's see. But- he, he looks he looks young in this show. I'll say yeah. that. He, does, he looks like he might be 30s or so. But, you know, if he was, uh, you know, later in the episode, he allude that Kirk saw kodos you know 20 years ago that puts him at least in his 40s right yeah and you know what I, maybe we did cover his age at one point uh when we were doing like charlie x or something i don't remember but yeah i think he is in his 30s or 40s yeah they're they're really weird about when he saw what and when he did what i don't think any of it really lines up well i mean he looks good for his age though that's why oh, it's yeah. so hard to it's tell weird. how old he is yeah that's, that's weird well and also hold on did did he get involved in the situation with them because he was a, a Starfleet or was and you got to remember Starfleet members start young. Yeah, it's true. So oh, so, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I think I think sometimes you you can start the early academy part younger. Hmm. So maybe he was real young. Oh, so maybe he was like a teenager when he joined. Or or or, or maybe he was like yeah, maybe he was super young, and then maybe that's why everything happened. I, I can't remember, man. I swear, I swear, like on on a Next Generation episode, one of the. That one of the kids that ends up joining joins like super young. I thought maybe they join, you could join young. Yeah, that one I have Man, no I, reference for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have to look. We have to look up. I'm sorry, guys. We're mumbling right now, but we gotta look up and figure that out. Because I never looked it up before. And now I'm curious about how young you can enter. Yeah, I'll check towards let's the end of the episode. We'll find out. Yeah, if if you're at 16 plus, you know, he's all young. That's 20 years. That's like that's 40 either way. That's in between. That's in between 36 and 40. Yeah. So he has to be older. I think the funnier part about it is he's 40 and no girl's 19. Yeah. And I never even, they didn't even bat an eye about that. Like, that's a better reference. But hey, she's an adult, though. Like, I guess by our standards legally, she's yeah. an adult. So I would imagine yeah, that not I, I much has it. changed, you know, in the future. Yeah. I, I get it. But you could pull it, you could pull it off nowadays, though. Yeah. You think they pull it off nowadays, people are like, oh, yeah, why is that a little. Nah, nah. They people lose their mind about the show. That's why I love the show so much. It's just to kick back to old school stuff. It's just funny. Well, they, they, they always say age doesn't matter, you know, uh, if you're of age. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. So they, uh, they have some, some small talk, and that's where Kirk introduces himself. And he wants to know, uh, where Anton is. It's, it says that he's like, he'd like to meet him. But Lenore says that her father never attends the parties and that he never sees anybody personally, which is like super suspect. But uh, Kirk is like, well, that's pretty unusual. And uh, he's like, well, you know, I'll just talk to you instead. So they move over to this couch and they sit down. They they have some small talk. I'm not going to go through it like line by line. We'll be here all day doing that. But uh, yeah. Kirk says that uh, she was impressive as Lady Macbeth. And she's like, well, how am I as uh, Lady Caridian? And he's like, well, you're very impressive. So yeah, he's just, he's moving moving quick. It also doesn't take much <laughs> for her, too. You, like a little compliment. Dude, she's all about I, it. He, he just, I mean, oh. Like, everything he says, dude, comes out so smooth and cringy at the same time, bro. I yeah. just, it's funny. But uh, she's obviously super interested. And, and uh, Kirk is like, well, you know, I want to see you again. For sure. And she's like, well, I, I have a schedule to keep. And he goes, well... 
you don't really have a schedule right now, so let's let's get out of here. So they leave and they go for a walk outside and, and then they stop to talk about some stuff. And uh, she tells him that he's not the same that he was at the party, that, you know, now he's not really playing the part of a ship's captain and that he seems very lonely. And then uh, he goes like, for some reason, that's his cue to kiss her. He's like, lonely. Uh, let's make out. But then he notices a body on the ground <laughs> right? <that's> nearby. <laughs> I I do like though that he's like, damn it, mood killer. <laughs> well, maybe for her, but I he, you know, <laughs> well. he just wants to go investigate. But I'm sure he'd be fine just like doing it right there outside by that body. It's, it's one of his kinks. But I do like that. I mean, he sees a lot of death, though. So. Yeah, he's caused a lot of them. Well, I, what, I we're up to like 19 still. I think we're at 18. Yeah, nobody's yeah. died in a while in this show. 18. Nobody in the Enterprise, anyway. He, he's gotten better at his job. Yeah, or they're, they're, not, his crew's learning not, not to Enterprise mess with guy him. Either. He's not an Enterprise guy. I think Car 2 is, uh, yo, what is she wearing outside, fam? Yeah. Let's be real here. Like, like, like I don't want to, I just, uh, why am I the fashion? Why am I the guy all the time? <laughs> what is that? Like, it, it, like, why am I that guy? Like, like I'm not the fashion. I swear, guys, I'm not in the fashion that much. I swear, people. No, but they wear some weird not, shit. I'm like, the fashion guy here. But but on this show, I noticed the weirdest things, and I'm okay with being unique and different. Let, let's be impartial. I'm not that guy. I'm just saying, what is this? Like I I get she the dress underneath this, and I get it. But what is this burka wedding type veil she's wearing? I don't. What's the point of it? Like what you want to mess up her hair out there? I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. I just. Yeah, it's just ugly. Yeah, but I do like it, that just, they it, they paint Kirk as like this lonely dude. Because, like, it makes sense that he yeah. is. Like, his his duty yeah. to his ship comes first. And, you know, he carries just a yeah. lot of weight on his shoulders. And he just kind of bears it by himself. So I do like that, you know, they, they give him a little bit of character development. That he's just this kind of, you know, he wants a relationship. Yeah. But he understands why he can't have one. So he just has, like, these little flings with with women more recently. See, that's that's what I've... See, Kurt's one of the interesting characters. Because he's a womanizer, but he's not trying to be. It's just he's always on the move. So he can never settle down. Yeah. You know, so he's like, he's like, I, I, like, I want to be here, and I, and I enjoy, I'm enjoying you, but you know, my cat, my job comes first. I'm sorry, and and I, and I travel for our job, you know, right? So, well, you so always I, treat him with respect, also. Yeah, he's like, I, I'll come here when I need to. I'll come here and see you, whatever. But it's like I'm traveling for my job, so it's just, it just, it, it just, it's a weird dynamic because I feel he comes out with like super womanizing, womanizer. Wow, like, like a. He comes off like like a player, better word of saying it, because like a player, whatever. Because he's always trying to hit on every planet he goes. Yeah, but that's all he does is travel planets and see women, and then that's it. You know, solve mysteries. Have a well, let's be let's be fa- let's be fair here, though. The women just gravitate towards him, though. Well, yeah, it's not all, yeah, all but, on him. Yeah, okay, okay. I feel you. I got you. Yeah. So he yeah. Uh, he runs to the body that, and he finds out that it's Doctor Tom Layton, and that he's dead. And so we go to like a little bit later where Tom has been moved to the couch in his home, and Martha is covering him with a blanket. I'm like, why did they take him there? Like, they didn't call whatever yeah. local authorities or whatever. Like, hey, we got a dead dude. They're like, let's carry him, you know, back to his house and lay him on his couch for his wife to see. That is Did, weird. I didn't even think about that during the episode. Yeah, just, Did they ever clarify that it's actually his wife? Did they uh, ever no, say that? I just assume it is. I mean, it, it might yeah, not be, is, but yeah. maybe it's like his sister. Well, no, because she, she has, like, some dialogue here. You know, she wonders about why Tom was killed, and, and Kirk says that he'll try to find out, which they didn't even clarify that he was killed. They just come out and say, yeah, somebody killed him. He could have been just out there and had like a stroke or something. Yeah, they didn't even rule that out, like possible heart attack. Yeah, he was killed. Yeah, did they ever? Did anybody ever say that he he was killed? Like, I didn't hear him. He didn't tell uh, the captain guy on the phone. Next scene, you about to talk about in a minute. He gets on the phone when he says that uh, 
hey, uh, calls a uh, scramble my call and, and to ask him to strand everybody on the uh, planet. But he never says, hey, strand everybody on the planet because Tom is dead. Yeah, no. Like, he doesn't say that. They on- I only see him tell the wife, unless I missed it. Yeah, that's, and I, that's and I, it. I, 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 didn't see, I didn't see him tell Spock or nobody either. No. So, so, so I don't know if they, they haven't even said that he's dead, so maybe it's a big secret throughout the episode. They never say that, though. Like, as I've noticed with the episode, that nobody, they'll say nobody else knows he's dead, and it doesn't say that uh, anything else. So I'm wondering, did they even keep announce it, that it's anything? It was a, like, oh, I'm going to keep it a secret so I can do this uh, investigation, and nobody will know that I know. Like, it's kind of weird. And then if I killed them, and they're not talking about it, when I think something's weird, like, I killed him, he's out there, but nobody's announced that he found his body and he's dead. Yeah, so, like, I think they just forget to bring it things. up again. They're just like, yeah, he died, minor yeah. character, see you later. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's weird. It just, it's, it's very weird to be like, and they never bring it up again. It doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Yeah, so Martha, she gets real sad and she runs off. I mean, obviously, she gets real sad, but uh, she runs off and Kirk uh, <laughs> calls the Enterprise to have them uh, patch him through to the Captain, uh, Captain John Daly of the Astral Queen, which is a hell of a name for a ship. I really like that. And that's the ship that the actors were going to use to go to their next uh, planet for their their next performance. And he asks, uh, like you said, he asked Uhura to put the transmission on Scramble, which is uh, shit. I didn't know they could cool that, like do that. That's really cool. Um, but that you know everything's not just out in the open. So I, I gotta imagine it'd be really easy to pick up just random, you know, radio waves from space, and like anybody could normally hear that. So. But uh, so Kirk asks Captain uh, Daly not to pick up the actors and says that he'll, he'll he's just going to take them himself. And Daly agrees with Kirk and Kirk's like, hey, don't say anything about this. And then Kirk out and hangs up on him. Uh, but this guy was like just all too ready to be like, don't pick him up. Cool. Like he, he's just had other shit he wanted to do. He's like, like I'm just going to shirk my responsibilities for this. And, like, I got no problems. Yeah, with but, it. The, the, but the way but the way he said it, though, it seemed like he was like, I, bro, I owe you. So whatever you say, I got yeah. oh, you when we leave them. Cool. Like, like, I just, I think he trusts Kurt so much. If that's what he said he wanted to do, like, he trusted him as a reason behind it without even, without even asking. Yeah, but it's still, still funny. Like, just no, like, no, man, I really should do that. He's just like, I don't got to work today. Sweet. Like, I can just sit at home and, you know, <laughs> play Xbox or something. Like, that's it. Yeah. So, uh. I heard you. He's like, now I'm going to go to Pleasure Planet. Yeah, there you go. That's where he's going to yeah. go. But Kirk calls the Enterprise back to get himself beamed aboard. And then we go to the bridge. And Kirk is telling Spock that they're going to be picking up some people. And Uhura interrupts them and says that, uh, you know, a woman has beamed aboard and she wants to come see Kirk. And he tells her, tells Uhura to send Lenore to the bridge. And at this point, we're 12 minutes into the episode and we are finally on the bridge. And then also, yeah. who the fuck are these people on the bridge? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Who are any of them? I, th- yeah, the the one the one chick that he just did something with, I never seen her before. Yeah, the, the, he had the thing too. Everybody else all knew. Yeah, it, it's weird. They, they make people on the same characters here and there, so it's kind of weird that they weren't nobody was there. Maybe that was their third shift. Yeah, like we talked about, it's their B team. Yeah, we were talking about that yeah. before. Uh, we were talking about that before in the episode. What well, do you think there'd be multiple teams that come in here and there? Yep, this is them. Yeah, it must must be. Uh, but then we hit this point, and as soon as this happened, I was like, "This is Paul." So Lenora beams onto the Enterprise wearing some kind of like weird ass blue fur dress and like sparkly leggings. It's <laughs> like God, Paul's dude, gonna, dude, Paul's gonna dude, talk about I this. Li- no, hey, listen, listen, listen. I 
I slowly, once I saw her in the last outfit, this outfit to me didn't seem that crazy. Okay. Last <laughs> outfit, it fit her personality afterwards, you know? I, I get, like, this 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 outfit I actually get. Even though it was this little gym in the middle is like, hey, look at me. But everything, this outfit I actually get. So I, didn't, I have no complaints about this. I just think that, you know, it is what it is. You think I that's, think like, fake fur? Or, like, do they kill some kind of blue furry creature to get that? Dude, I, I don't even know, bro. It is definitely... <laughs> they, oh, my God, look at it, bro. <laughs> it's so... It, it's, it, I'm just... Compared to the last outfit, it's not that bad. So I really can't complain about it so much. It's just... I don't know what it is. Yeah, so... Uh, Spock questions Kirk about uh, how he knew Lenora was coming on board, and Kirk just simply goes, well, I'm the captain, which is uh, pretty solid. Uh, yeah. so Lenore gets escorted to the bridge and she explains that they've been stranded and they, they have no transportation. And Kirk makes like this little joke about, you know, you know, well, you know, she, you know, I didn't think we'd be meeting like this. And he makes this joke like, Oh, you know, you probably wouldn't believe me if I told you that I arranged it, which is, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like want to sarcastic, the truth, but not truth. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was clever. So, uh, Kirk says that the regulations are very clear about taking on passengers and, and she says that she's willing to bargain with them. And he's super interested because he thinks that she's going to, you know, talk about sex. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, here we go. He's like rubbing his hands together. Did, did you notice Spock looking over and like, man, I'm intrigued. What's going on over here? Yeah. Well, Spock's just studying the game. You know, he's like, how does Kirk do this? Yeah. He's just trying to learn, learn everything that Kirk does. <laughs> yeah. But uh, instead she offers to put on a special performance for the crew of the enterprise in exchange for uh, transportation. And Kirk agrees to that. Uh, so she, Lenora goes to, or Lenore, leaves the bridge but did you guys see that when the elevator opens and janice gave comes off look. the elevator yeah she gave like this look like who is this bitch like just looked her oh, up no, and down I, and I, gave I, her the I, dirtiest I, look i didn't see that i didn't see i watched it as great a because it. she has no idea what's going on but her natural instinct was who the fuck is this chick yeah, on the bridge yeah because you know she knows that, that chick's there for kirk and kirk is her man oh absolutely yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't notice that honestly, but I, I, I didn't notice it at all, honestly. Yeah. Oh, dude, she but shot her dirty I, look. I, I, I got, I got, I got a plan as we, as we're talking, so I'll, I'll look up and see it. Yeah. So, um, oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. Okay, I just saw it. I just saw it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Kirk and Spor- informs Spock of their new destination, which is the uh, Benicia Colony, and Spock's like, "Well, that's eight light, year- eight light years off course." And Kirk says. But if my memory needs refreshing, Mr. Spock, I'll ask for it. In the meantime, follow my orders. And I'm like, damn, dude, what an asshole. And Spock just, like, raises his eyebrow and doesn't even say anything. He just turns back to his console and starts doing his work. Like, wow, Kirk. Like, I just got put in my place. Yeah. Nah, bro. A, nah, me, me and Kirk got issues. Like, what the, what the, like, really, bro? Yeah, that was unnecessary. Oh, okay. oh, okay. Well, Spock probably still feel guilty about betraying, you know, Kirk's, you know, trust from, you know, last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's yeah. like, let's not court-martial your ass again. You get back to that car, that <laughs> console, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So then we get uh, the commercial and we come back and there's a captain's log with basically no in- new information. Uh, so we're, we're back. We're still on the bridge. And Kirk asks uh, Spock how far they are from the colony. And, and Spock says he re- he replies using a star date which is weird they don't normally do that i don't i didn't write down yeah. like the actual star date but usually they do like you know light years or hours or days but he, yeah he's like well we're this star date away I, which was really weird yeah i didn't i didn't notice that myself yeah so uh kirk goes over to spock's console to pulls up uh pull up some files on kodos and he asks for a list of the nine witnesses that can identify kodos and the computer starts naming them off starting with uh you know james t kirk 
And uh, he stops the computer when he hears Kevin Riley's name. And the computer confirms that it's the Kevin Riley assigned to the Enterprise. And I was like, yes, the best damn pilot that the Enterprise ever saw. The guy that gave them double ice cream after dinner yep. is back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm always glad when they um, reference minor characters from other episodes. Like, I, I think MCU has spoiled me to where, like, the whole connection thing for me, like, when other stuff connected to other stuff. So, like, when I watch this show and I see, like, other other characters, minor characters brought back here and there, I really appreciate it. Kind of like when I watch TV shows now and I see somebody come back that used to be on an episode. I'm like, oh, I like that character. Hope they come back. Yeah. So yep. I really... I, I really, good world building because it means that the characters have a past. Yeah. And, and yeah. also, I didn't expect, like, of all the characters we'd see again, I didn't think Riley would be one of them. Well, he's one, yeah, but he's one of the ones for us because we remember that dumb ice cream thing. So, like, you know, so, like, we remember that moment. Maybe some people might not remember, but as soon as he said it, you thought about that moment immediately. Like, oh, yeah, I remember yeah, him. Yeah, plus like, he was a really good singer. Yep. Yeah, so uh, so Kirk calls Spock over to have him transfer Riley to, from communications to the engineering deck, and Spock argues that Riley came from the engineering deck, and Kirk's like, well, I'm sending him back. So Spock's like, hey, can I get an explanation for this? And Kirk says that he doesn't want to discuss it and just ask Spock to follow his orders. And I'm like, jeez, like, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. Of all the people, like my, though. And then why would you lose Spock in either? Why would you loop him in pretty quickly? Like, yeah, that's hey, what I, I was just about to say. Like, 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 I need, yeah, I need you. Like, you really good logic. I'm here. Like, let's, I know I'm in a situation. I'm going to you what's going on with me. We work together. Help me figure this out. Can we do it without, you know, without uh, interfering on the rest of the shit business or whatever Yeah, first of all, like, like it's, it's a personal thing. So, like, yeah, let Spock in. Yeah. Spock has also been right, like, 99% of the time in this show. Yes, like, there's no reason exactly. to just be a dick to him, just for no reason. Like, he's always been a solid dude. Yeah. I would like to think that this is just Kirk being petty and getting back at Spock from last week. <laughs> that's your head cannon on it. <laughs> okay, okay, that's, that, that's that, what we're going to do. That's my cannon on okay. it, yeah. So, so, okay, so for now on, everything is viewed the rest of the episode on my head with him remembering that he betrayed him just uh, last week. <laughs> okay, so Kirk's now... Kirk's still Kirk, salty about it. So, so now Kurt's attitude ain't that bad. If if that's what they thought about, if they if they if they were that smart to think like that, then I, then I would get it. Then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. But me personally, I thought he was just being a dick. Yeah. But but if he's being a dick before that last episode, then that that's okay. <laughs> so it's like it's one of those things. So uh, so a little bit later, McCoy is in his office just having a drink while he tries to explain Kirk's behavior to Spock, and Spock's like, well, you know, Kirk's just acting real strange, and asks if McCoy has noticed, but he, McCoy says that he has not, and he offers Spock a drink. Who and Spock says that Vulcans don't get the benefits of alcohol, and I'm like, dude, what a shame! Because if anybody needs to chill the fuck out, it's him. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, but I don't get like I didn't. Do you mean benefits in like that? I call it an affect system, or benefits as in as in um they can't they can't get uh benefits as in they don't they don't drink just because they don't want to. I think that they just don't like, feel they, the they, effects. They probably have an insane metabolism that does not allow them to get like drunk or anything. It probably yeah, has no yeah, effect. Yeah, it's just the word. Yeah, when he said that, I thought, oh, that doesn't mean he can't get drunk, or that no matter what he drinks, he can't get drunk, or they just don't drink as a as a culture, like they don't get the benefits of drinking because as a culture. So that's what was one when he said that. I thought I wasn't sure which one it was. I think he needs to take a logical look at this and go, okay, alcohol kills the slowest brain cells in your brain. So by killing those ones off, you actually <laughs> you don't become smarter. Yeah, you get to be smarter. So logically, yeah, yeah. he should just be a, wasted a, all day. Always a fast one to left. Yeah. Yeah, he's been getting away. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you now. You, you won me over. Get in there. I, I just want to see drunk Spock. That's all. You know what I found weird about this scene, though? 
was that Bones wasn't even on the deck. So how would he know if Kirk was acting weird or not? If he was just going off Spock's word? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like, or has he seen him all day? Yeah, you're right. But he, but he might have yeah, seen him throughout the day. Like, he wasn't on the deck. He doesn't know what you know Kirk's up to or if he's acting weird. Spock's just like, oh hey, uh, he changed directions. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I just I'm still on board with just seeing drunk Spock. That's all. I just I just <laughs> want him to be like totally wasted, and he's like, you know, logically. Kirk's a bitch, just like shit talking people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so uh, yeah. So Spock explains uh, that it was illogical for Kirk to bring the actors on board, and and Bones thinks that it might have something to do with Lenora. He's like, hey, you know, young blonde chick. Uh, And Spock's like, well, I don't think that's why he's doing what he's doing. And uh, he asks McCoy if he knows about Riley being transferred. And McCoy is like just really uninterested. He just does not give a shit about that. And he offers Spock a drink yeah. again and Spock refuses. And McCoy's like, well, you know, hopefully you don't judge me because I'm going to have some more. So he's just in his, his office just like getting toasty in there. He's like, I ain't got shit to do. Yeah. I got no patience. <laughs> I got the day off. Yeah. <laughs> just going to hang out in my office yeah. and get drunk. You know, maybe if Spock did have a drink, he would understand why Kirk brought her aboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but two things about the, uh, or about to say. Okay, first of all, he said this is my first time to have a drop of the true. That's the that's the the word he used. I wrote that down for a reason. Like, you know, the first time I had a drop of the true. Is the true a drink? Like, like is that the name of the alcohol? Is the true a slang for uh, alcohol? That the type of drink? What it is? I, I'm not sure what it is. I didn't even look it up at all. I, th- I think it's more than just like. You know how it is when you drink, and you're more likely to say things that you, uh, that actually come to your mind. So that, you're, you're that, that are true. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm wondering. But I, I'm wondering if that's what it was. Like, is the, is the drink called true, or drink called the uh, drink called the true, or a drop of the true is a quote? Like, oh yeah, it's the drop of the truth. When you drink it, you speak the truth. Like all those are all co- clever. I just wonder what it is. Yeah, I, I just wonder which one it is. Like uh, just something I thought about. And also when uh when he s- says uh illogical whatever it's like it's illogical you see that you see that girl like it's funny that as soon as kurt does anything stupid or weird and there's a female involved bones like oh yeah definitely because of her yep oh he knows you know like like you're like oh he's illogical no no you saw you saw the girl right like oh he's thinking stupid yeah but you saw the girl like every time he's that one friend in the group and when females come around he acts stupid as hell or does something stupid like oh yeah oh he's just that's that's just him like it's funny yeah, I just and I put and I put this whole scene is the best scene ever in, in this whole show to me because I laughed by the, the the weird dynamic they had. I don't know what it is. Every time they were being serious, everything he was talking about, I don't know what it is about this scene, but I watched it like three or four times. I, I started over again. I don't know what it is about this. Like to me, it's so damn funny and clever, and the way it was written and everything about it, it just shows it shows Spock personality is best and Bones personality is best, and then the way. Bones just chips at his his uh his personality and then the way they talk to each other is just I don't know what it is about the scene. It really I just it really got me into the show. Once I saw this scene, it really got me into the show because like I started laughing. I I, I wish I could explain what it was. I just like that uh we get a little bit of like McCoy Spock time because like we know that you know they have that fun relationship where McCoy jokes about yeah. you know Vulcan anatomy and all that and Spock you yeah, know yeah, does yeah. a superior thing, but most of the time when they're together, Kirk is there. So we don't yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. get a lot of time just between those two and it and like it it shows a little bit that you know, because when Spock has an issue, he always goes to Kirk. But when his issue is yeah. Kirk, he goes to McCoy. Kirk, he goes well, Yeah, see that's very clever. I never think about that way. Yeah, so like obviously I, they I just they have that. a good friendship. 
it, like they they're dynamic they work well yeah yeah i just the dynamic was really funny and that the whole thing i thought oh this is why they're friends like i get why they would hang out because even though spock knows he's being illogical or whatever whatever have, have about it whatever every time spock says something the conversation just it's just funny like bones always i was always making a joke every, he's, he responds to the joke spock doesn't get it he responds to another joke spock doesn't get it if spock doesn't get it it's funny that spock doesn't get it but he doesn't get it and that's funny in itself i don't know why so like i'm laughing the whole damn time because i'm like yo this is so funny to me how this is a, a scene about nothing and he doesn't understand the damn thing he's talking about it, it was just funny yeah. But uh, in the corridor, Kirk is giving uh, Lenore a tour of the Enterprise, and she's like, hey, did you order this really soft lighting? And he jokes that, you know, if he had, he would have also arranged uh, for music and flowers. Which, man, he's quick on his feet. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, like, no missed opportunities. If I did, I would have bought flowers and candy, too, girl. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, oh, I would have did everything for you. Yeah, but he does go on to explain that on the Enterprise, they try to duplicate the Earth's uh, conditions of night and day as closely as possible, which I thought was cool that we get to kind of see that's how they keep, you know, the crew's internal clocks going. Because we had talked about that once. Like, how the hell do they sleep when they're just in, in surrounded by darkness oh, yeah, all yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like their eternal clocks would be a mess, but now we know why they're not, which is really cool. It's like a little bit of world building. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but I remember for the future. Uh, Lenore says a line (laughs) I don't want to repeat, but I'm going to. Oh my gosh. And she says, she's like, oh, you know, the ship has all this power surging and throbbing. Yeah, under control. And then she asks if Kirk is like that. And I said, is this a fucking, like, did I wander into a fan fiction? Like, did my episode get messed up? Like, what the fuck? It sounds like the porn scene. Surging and throbbing. Dropping the biggest hint ever. Yeah, she's like, are you also surging and throbbing? He's like, no, I feel fine. (laughs) I wonder if this is the moment that people are watching the kid. They send the kids to bed. Yeah. Hey, stop, kids! Time for bed. This episode <laughs> so ends right what, here, what, mom. Kids, go to bed. No more Star Trek for you. Go to bed right now. Mom, I don't get what's going on. What, what do you mean? Like, go to bed now. Uh, like, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so, <laughs> so Kirk then like he just approaches her as they kind of continue to flirt, and then she asks about the women in his world, and he says he'd rather talk about her. Uh, and then he asks her about her father and tries to get some more information about the time that uh, around the time that he started acting, which is really smooth. Like he's he's really good at like trying to get the information he wants. I want to say, though, talk about a mood killer bringing up her dad, though. Yeah. She's like, are you throbbing, Kirk? Mm-hmm. He's like, let's talk about your dad. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your dad. <laughs> uh, but, but she does refuse to answer, uh, saying that he hasn't answered her questions yet. So then they flirt a little bit more and then they just start making out. Uh, there was a lot of dialogue. I'm, I'm not covering every word that they said. The question I want to ask, did they do it? Oh, God. Ooh. Probably. Out on the deck, fam? No. Yeah, no, no, probably. Kurt's too smooth for that. Kurt wouldn't do that. He has, he's respectful. Do you think he is? They, uh, he was messing with some chick nah. at a Christmas party. He ain't too smooth for having sex <laughs> in the corridor. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, that's a spaceship. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're just out a little bit, a little kissy kiss. You know, they gotta think about it. This came back. You know, he's respectful. He's like, "I'll kiss you quick, but you know, we can't do nothing else till later on." Oh, I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like he, he got some. You know what's funny yeah. though is like, uh, shows and movies never show the awkwardness after something like this happens. So you have like this really passionate kiss, and you're just like making out, and then yeah. it's just like, okay, now what? 
Like, no. <laughs> like they're just sitting there in the corridor. Like, you want to go play tic-tac-toe? Let's talk about your dad again. Yeah, some movies show that. Yeah, the clever ones. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, now what? Like, what was your name again? I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, oh so on the bridge, God. Spock is asking the computer for information on Dr. Layton and Anton and Riley and Kirk. And he tells the computer to report any past experience that they have in common. So he's putting everything together super quick because he's Spock. It's what he does. Mm. But later on, uh, Spock and McCoy are walking through the corridor, and he's Spock is explaining to Bones what happened on Tarsus Four. So he obviously got his answers, and he says that uh, on that planet, their food supply was attacked by an exotic fungus, and it was destroyed. And that Kodos declared martial law and just started killing off half of the colonists. And he explains that uh, Anton Caridian's history starts almost to the day that Kodos disappeared, which is like. <laughs> I mean, you got to cover your tracks obvious. a little bit here, guy. You got to do something better than that. I mean, I mean, obvious. You, can, yeah. you don't fake like some uh, old stuff happened beforehand, like you know. Yeah. Put something else. Do something else. I don't know. It is. It's weird. I like how Spock is dropping facts, but it also sounds like a conspiracy theory towards yeah. him. Like, oh, his body was burned to yeah. a crisp, and we couldn't identify him, so it must not be him. Yeah. 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 So McCoy, like, obviously starts to understand what's going on. Like, he's getting into it. And Spock explains that everybody that could identify Kodos is dead except for Riley and Kirk. And he says that where, whenever and wherever the witnesses died, the Caridian company of players was nearby. And it's like, how does okay? How did nobody put this together before for starters? But also, like they're just they're yeah, but, just sloppy. Yeah, but I think he said, yeah, but I think he said at least three. Well, no, here's the issue though. You think about it, they thought he was dead though, so they probably didn't even think about even them people dying was just a coincidence to them. There has to be some kind of like space authority that investigates like some murders and shit, right? Like an like the federal space authority is just like yeah, but if the, but if you, if you kill people all over the the galaxy, I'm assuming in different ways, I'm assuming to them that won't be that won't be that won't be a common denominator. Like they don't know near each other. I just want. I thought I thought he said he said somewhere near where they died. What's near? Three light years, four light years? Like he said near. Like it's not like they're on the same planet. Like, if I'm on the same planet, then it should have been obvious to figure it out. But it, you can travel so fast now. You travel five light years, they'll kill somebody. You know, they can fight five years back. They probably won't think you, you know, like, I don't get Yeah, no, I get it. I get like, what you're saying. Was. I'm just saying that, like, I want, I guess, a space detective show where he's just, like, hopping planets and, like, solving oh, murders like this. <laughs> Dude, and, and investigating murders? Yeah. Oh, my In, God. like, this universe. I'm ready. I'm ready. Star Trek Sherlock. Yeah, he just goes around from planet to planet, different planets, different customs, different rules, and then solving crimes. Yeah. Oh, bro, we're making we're making this show. Hold on. Hey, um, <laughs> we call uh, it Paramount. Uh, uh, listeners, uh, li- listeners, uh, shut up right now. You did not hear this part. I'm writing <laughs> yeah. this down. I'm making this show. Space detective. Okay. All right. Um. So we cut to uh, somewhere else where Riley is working at a console and he calls the rec room to find somebody to talk to because they got him like working in basically a, a dark dungeon looking area. But also, he has some food next to him. <laughs> some just, like, really shitty-looking colored cubes and what looks like eggnog to drink. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think we, we had talked about the colored food before and how it just looks absolutely awful. And I, just, I don't want to be alive uh, to jello, see that future. Jello shots? No. Jello shots or something? No, it was just like, uh, they, uh, they look like colored wood cubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cubes. Yeah, they look ab- Wait, did absolutely terrible. Did, did he even eat one? No, he didn't. Nobody has eaten one yet. We keep seeing them pop up, and nobody <laughs> well, eats this okay, shit. Well then, okay, well maybe then they make a couple. It's a gummy version of it, like a gummy block, so somebody can eat it in front of you, so you know. 
people actually eat them. Yeah, and then I also noticed like when he calls the uh, the rec room to talk to people that Ahura's in there and she's playing some kind of harp. And I was like, shit, is she like the stereotypical acoustic guitar guy at to- at college? And people are just like, hey, you know, can you cut that out? I'm just, oh, yeah, I'm just trying was, to relax in here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About you but but then he, he hears her playing the harp and he asks her to play him a song <laughs> because he's lonely in, in engineering. And she plays him a song and he's just kind of chilling and listening to it. And first of all, uh, the actress, what is it, Nichelle Nichols, is a great singer. And also, I was clearly fucking wrong because everybody was all into her playing this. So she's not the guitar guy. So my my first yeah. inclination was uh, was incorrect. Um, I, well, I think that is it Eartha Kent that plays her. I think whoever, whoever the person is, I can't remember who plays her. But anyway. yeah, I, like Nichelle, uh, Nichelle Nichols, right, with an N on both of them. I don't know. I thought it was never mind. Go ahead. I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up as I'm talking. But, uh, while he's listening to her play, uh, we get like the the classic shadow creeping up behind him, getting ready to do something nefarious. And then uh, when he's not looking, someone sprays uh, something into his drink, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna drink some Windex. Like obviously, it, it, honestly, it might help his eggnog taste better. So then Riley, like he he picks up his glass and he like teases taking a drink, and I get that it's for dramatic suspension, but yeah, <laughs> like, dramatics, I've, yeah, I've never yeah. done that. Like <laughs> I'm gonna drink something, <laughs> no, I'm take a fucking drink. I get drink it. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, oh. He's like, oh, am I gonna do it? Am I gonna do like touches it to his lips? <laughs> yeah, real slow. Yeah, smiles. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a little extra. Now, now it's time. Yeah. So, that was a extra. so he takes like this huge drink while Uhura finishes her song, and then he starts choking and he falls to the floor, and he's like it's trying to ask for help, and he spills it all over the place. I'm like, oh, it was milk. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. 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 Who drinks a glass that fast? Who? He who was very like thirsty. That, Dude, that's what I'm saying. He'd been bro. teasing himself like, like that for an hour. It's like, all right, I'm finally doing it no, this time. Nobody <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on. Paul, I'm yeah. a fast drinker. Yeah, but look, hold on. Look, bro. Not only did he drink the whole thing almost empty, but you look back and the glass is almost full again. Okay, I didn't see like, that. D- yeah. Like, like, like it has a, there's a bunch of milk back in it. Like, he almost drinks, gobbles it empty, you know, and then magically. There's a bunch of extra in there, so it spills on them for the dramatic effect. I just nobody drinks like that. Nobody's that damn thirsty for milk. Yeah, like <laughs> I thought, like like never his. I mean, just oh, I'm gonna just go chug milk. You sip milk. You don't chug milk. I thought that maybe like yeah, that was a whole this, issue that he wasn't poisoned, but he's actually just incredibly lactose intolerant, and he, that's why he was like teasing himself. He's like, I'm gonna do it. Like he's trying to build it. He thinks he could build a tolerance just by drinking a bunch of milk. So he just like keeps uh, psyching himself up, like putting the glass up to his lips, and then he just drinks it and collapses on the floor. <laughs> so uh, in the sick bay, Riley is being monitored by Bones and Spock, and Spock says that if Riley dies, Kirk is going to be the only one who can identify Kodos, and then he's going to be the next target. And we go to a commercial break. We come back to a captain's log explaining that McCoy is working to find an antidote for Riley. Uh, and then Spock enters the sick bay as McCoy is making a log entry. And McCoy says that Riley had tetralubasol in his system, which is a highly volatile lubricant used on the ship. So that's why it was in that weird spray bottle. And, Sp- and I thought it was very it was cool that they, uh, the poison wasn't something that was, uh, what I'm looking for. Something that was like rare, like yeah. something that was on the it's ship. It's not like exotic, so like, yeah. Exotic, yeah. It's like, oh, that's on the ship, man. So maybe somebody could accidentally uh, got him on him or whatever. I just, I thought it was kind of cool that, the way they did that. Yeah. See, that was the weird thing, though, when Bones was trying to defend, like, oh, hey, that could happen accidentally. 
of him drinking this. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's. Well, no, I think. Yeah, but I think it's just it's just enough of a question to keep the the mystery of the episode going. Yeah, like that's where we are right now. Is Spock says that someone tried to poison Riley, and McCoy says that the tetralubasol is a milky substance, and that someone could have made a mistake. And yeah, Dan, I'm, I was like, first of all. Uh, McCoy was all into this conspiracy like 10 minutes ago. But second of all, like there's just the guy in the kitchen just makes that mistake all the time. It, it's not a big deal. He just has a tetralubasol in the fridge <laughs> next to the milk and he accidentally <laughs> grabs the, the wrong one all the time. <laughs> they they yeah, don't have I, like, they don't have labels in the future. Yeah. Like, Hey, this is, will kill you. This is milk. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of them, like he's I, got two jugs and one of them is like wow. a light blue cap. And the other one is like a, slightly darker blue cap so he just screws it up every time it, it reminds me of an episode of family guy where brian's at the acupuncture place and uh he looks up and there's acupuncture needles and poison needles and the person can't read so he doesn't know if he's got poison needles in them yeah. or regular needles yeah so obviously spock doesn't believe that it was an accident and he wants kirk to see mccoy's report and uh mccoy's like well he can get it when i'm finished logging it and spock insists that Kirk sees it now, so they leave to go find Kirk, and I'm like, yeah, cool, just leave Riley alone so that guy can come back and finish the job. Like, no, no guards or anything. I didn't think about that. Well, you know, Bones doesn't believe that he was, attempt was made on his life, so I think, ah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So they go to Kirk's quarters, and McCoy delivers his report to Riley, and he gives Kirk his just the whole ass tablet. Like, couldn't they just look it up on the computer? He could have just, like, oh, filed yeah. it, and then just bring it up at Kirk's computer. He's got to bring the entire tablet with him. That makes... That makes some sense. Oh, that's a good point. Why did they do it that way? Yeah, but uh, Spock explains his thoughts on what's going on and how he thinks that Kirk is in danger. And, and Kirk says that Spock is getting out of line by interfering in his personal business. And Spock says that it's his personal business when it might interfere with the smooth operation of the ship. So Kirk is getting pretty mad. And he argues that he doesn't like anyone meddling in his private affairs. And not he doesn't even like it when his second command does that. But McCoy butts in. And he agrees with Spock and says that, hey, you know, Spock's doing his job. That's what he's here to do. So Kirk says that nothing is proven yet. And then Spock replies, well, even in this corner of the galaxy, Captain, two plus two equals four. And he asks why Kirk is inviting death. And Kirk says that he's just uh, interested in justice. And, you know, McCoy over there, he's like, hey, are you sure it's not vengeance? And Kirk says that he's not sure, but that he has to determine whether or not Caridian is Kodos. And Spock just goes, he is. Like he's just matter of fact. He's like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, see. And so Kirk says that uh, he has to be a hundred percent sure before he can make an accusation, basically. And so McCoy's like, what are you gonna do if it is Kodos? You gonna carry his head through the corridors and triumph? Uh, it's you know whatever you do, it's not gonna bring yeah. back the dead. And Kirk agrees with that, but he says that you know the dead may rest a little easier. And my issue with this is like. Kirk's getting all pissed and telling people not to meddle in his private affairs, but you took your ship like eight light years off course, brought on a potentially dangerous mass murderer, and now you're telling everybody yeah. else to stay out of it. Like, you're endangering your entire yeah, crew. But, yeah, but he does say toward the end of the thing that he's doing things he's never done. He actually he put his ship in danger. Like, he made a, he, he he admitted that mistake of it. Because earlier he said he said something about um, something like that. I think the cool part about this is just their whole, this whole scene is really clever again. Like this, uh, this is well written. I like the whole conversation together. Like it's all, it's all the, the conversation between the three of them decide, decide if it's true or not. And every, and I think uh, Bones at, at, is like the moral, is like the moral compass. Yeah. 
of the situation. He's always the like, guy like, in the middle. Time, yeah. yeah, he's he's always in the middle. Like, hey, da da da. Like he he's there to balance out and make sure. Hey, we we know like uh we know who we we think we know who the guy is, but we have to be sure. Like we definitely have to be sure. We can't just go to the extreme. You can't just kill him. Like he's the he's the voice of reasoning. Because Spock, be like, oh, you want to kill him? Spock might be logically that makes sense. Same logically, right? But then Bones comes in. Hey. We got to make sure, you know, you can't kill him. It's not going to bring anybody back, like all this small stuff. So I think Bones is like the kind of the moral compass of the whole situation. Yeah. And like the writers uh, really have these three characters nailed down when it comes to interacting with each other. Like they know just what works as far as like dialogue and everything and and what the characters would do. Kirk has been a little wishy-washy for me throughout this series so far. Like sometimes he's the world's best captain and sometimes he's just absolute trash. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. like... McCoy and, and Spock have been just like 100% spot on, I think. Yep, I agree. Well, I, I, I do agree with you on the, the point of Kirk, but also also shows that he's human and he can have off days. He can't be perfect mm. all the time. Yeah, 100%. But like when he's off, he's way off. Like he's not just messing up a little bit. He's he's like just really screwing stuff up. Well, I, I guess when you fly by the seat of your pants or however the saying goes, you're going to break some eggs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how that goes. Um, that old saying. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one well. Uh, so a little bit later, um, Spock is still talking to Kirk about the situation and Bones is not in the room anymore and Spock notices a humming noise. So they quickly determine that it's a phaser on overload and Spock starts searching for it while Kirk goes to make a call and he warns that the... Uh, phaser could destroy the entire deck if it explodes and he orders an evacuation of the quadrant and says that it's a double red alert and i love their alert sound first of all like the red alert sound is just it's amazing i don't know what it is it's just an amazing sound to me um second of all this is one of those things where kirk is solid and he's just immediately on it like he's like hey you know this thing could wipe out this part of this ship like we need to get these people out of the ship and then second of all or third of all I like to see that we're using the overloading phaser thing again, like we did in the pilot when uh, number one was like, screw this, I'm just going to kill us all instead of like us getting to leave this planet. Like, so we get to see that that is a thing still. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the pilot, and the pilot. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's also pretty impressive how much their phaser, how much damage it can do if it blows up. Yeah, that's insane. Like, just one phaser. I mean, that thing is basically just, yeah, you, if you're in a fight and. You know, things are looking desperate. You can just say, screw it and start overloading it and then chuck it at the other people. Basically turn it into a giant grenade. Yeah. Yeah, and kill yourself, though. Yeah, but if, like, who, who, well, if you, I mean, who if you toss it the, away from you if you're on, on, on the yeah, battlefield, knows, you might be all right. If, if the explosion is big enough to destroy a deck of a damn starship, I don't think it's a grenade, bro. Like, that sounds a whole deck. That's bigger than a regular-ass grenade. That's like grenade time. I, I do want to see one blow up now, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and so do I now. Yeah, now I definitely want to see what it does. Yeah. So they start looking through the room uh, for this phaser. <laughs> Kirk starts knocking books over on a shelf, and Spock is looking behind this little red statue, and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> like, it's obviously not there. Like, why don't you look under the piece of paper on the desk too? You fucking morons. <laughs> He's like literally just like slapping books off the shelf. Like, Oh, they could be, it could be behind there. Like, no, it's clearly not behind there. It, 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 it could have been. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's no space for that, for a phaser behind them damn books. <laughs> um, so Kirk does, uh, oh. send Spock out into the corridor to evacuate the area. And then, uh, Spock's just like clearing the corridor as Kirk continues to search and the phaser's just getting louder and louder and louder, and Kirk spots it up at a vent. So he grabs it, and he tries to shut it off, but he can't. 
So he runs out of the corridor and puts it in a hatch that's labeled pressure vent disposal. So like, good thing that was right there. And then it explodes and the ship just kind of like shakes a little bit. But what a weird like vent to have there or just have it all. I yeah, guess. Yeah, that was weird. Did, the vent but, uh... drop, did, did that vent take, the phaser to outer space or was right. it just at a lower level to deck it's, it's some some kind of like pressurized vent yeah. like to put shit that yeah. you would want under high pressure i guess like i guess if you ever have I an overloading really phaser on I your just, ship I, th- I, I thought maybe it was the trash chute for a minute i thought maybe trash yeah i, I thought it was the trash chute also and then i thought oh wait a minute you can't just shoot trash in space can you i mean like, you could well, just, just run into it and then I just like ran into it, like they dodged space trash while they're traveling, yeah. like light years speed. <laughs> <laughs> light years? I'm, I'm just wondering, like, it just, like, my mind went there quick. I'm, everybody knows I'm a weirdo. Come on, I, my, my mind goes everywhere. So I went space trash, space travel, like space with space. I don't know. I just, maybe it's, uh, it it's actually just the laundry chute. And he's like, you sons of bitches keep shrinking my shirts and just like throws it down there. <laughs> it's like, I'm at it with this. <laughs> Is a laundry crew. His shirts are getting tighter though as this show goes on. <laughs> no, not getting tight. His shirt got shorter, bro. Not tighter. Like it's both. Episode, his shirt's getting shorter, it's bro. It's both. Now he's getting ripped. Shorter. I can damn near see his belly button on this one. Yeah, bro. Yes, I really can. <laughs> I, I forgot to bring it up. I was bringing it up earlier, but I let it go. I just I thought maybe it would be going that way the whole time, and I didn't notice it until this episode. So I was like, I was like, uh, this get really short. I'm like, it's been that way the whole time. Yeah. So. So uh, you're right, you're right. so we go to uh, Anton Caridian and he's in his room and he's just kind of walking around and he sits down and starts reading a book. And uh, I noticed like he really decorated this place up for the short time that he's going to be there. Like they're literally just taking him to another planet. And he's like, I got to get my swords out and display them up here on this shelf. Like he just he set it up like he's going to live there. But uh, yeah, so Kirk enters the room and starts explaining a situation with the phaser and what's going on with Riley. And he just outright asks if Caridian is Kodos. He's like, hey, bro, you Kodos? And uh, Caridian's like, if it pleases you, then yeah, I'm him. He's like, I'm an actor and I play a whole lot of parts. And Kirk says, well, you're an actor now, but what were you 20 years ago? And he's like, well, I was much younger. He's like, yeah, got him. <laughs> yeah, clever. I'm out of the future. Like, that's a very clever. But uh, Kirk's like, well, I was younger too, but I still remember. And then this is where I had the note, what we discussed earlier, is like, how old would Kirk have been 20 years ago? But we will find that out eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm still wondering. Yeah, yeah. so Kirk gives uh, Caridian a piece of paper and tells him to read it into the recorder on the wall. And he says that it's going to be recorded and compared to a piece of Kodos voice film that they have on file. And uh, he says that the test is virtually infallible and that it will tell them whether he's Caridian or Kodos. And he explains that uh, trying to disguise your voice will make no difference. So Caridian reads the paper into the recorder. And then I noticed that like he he started reading it and then he put it down like he didn't need it. And so Kirk uh, noticed that, too. And he's like, hey, you know, them out on it. Yeah. Kirk is like, well, I remember those words and I wrote them down. But uh, you said them like you knew them. And uh, he's like, you know, you hardly even looked at the paper. And Caridian's like, well, I'm an actor and I learned my parts very quickly. So they go back and forth for a minute. There was a lot of really good dialogue here that I I didn't I wasn't gonna take it all down because we'd be here all day. Like I don't want to just yeah. react the entire scene. But uh Caridian says that Kodos made a decision that you know some people had to die so that others could live. And Kirk's like, well, four thousand people were needlessly butchered. And Caridian says that it was to save four thousand others, and that if the supply ships hadn't arrived earlier than than they'd expected, or earlier than expected, that Kodos might have gone down in history as a great hero. And Kirk's like, well, you know, there are no records of you before 20 years ago. 
And so this is where things get a little bit weird and creating is just like, well, you know, the, the past for me is a blank and he gets like super dramatic. And he asks uh, if Kirk got everything that he wanted. And Kirk's like, well, if I got everything that I wanted, you know, you might not walk out of this room alive, which the weird thing about this to me was how well known is this incident? Because Caridian had knowledge about the supply tri- uh, ships, which was something that we uh, didn't. It's the first time we've heard of this. And then also he specifically knew that, you know, there were another 4,000 people there because Kirk's like, oh, you know, you murdered 4,000. What if there were 14,000 people there? So, like, he specifically knew that there were 4,000 left, that it was half. And Kirk didn't notice any of this. He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, that all makes sense. You would think that he would know that this guy was talking about information that he didn't have or shouldn't have. Uh, Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. So they get interrupted by Lenore when she enters the room and she sends uh, Anton Caridian to go rest. And she, like, starts to shame Kirk for using her against her dad. Kirk's like, well, you know, he does that classic, well, that's how it started, but then I really started to like you kind of thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's like, you know, I wanted it to be more than that later. And she's like, well, it's too late. She says that he's like his ship, uh, powerful and not human, and that he has no mercy. And I was <laughs> like, well, at least he didn't say he was throbbing <laughs> like his ship. <laughs> so, uh, Well, that might have been awkward in front of her dad. Yeah, <laughs> he's back there like, what? <laughs> Uh, you like, what? <laughs> so uh, he says, uh, Kirk says that if Caridian is Kodos, then he has shown him more mercy than he deserves. But if he isn't, then he's just going to let him off with no harm done. And he goes to leave and she's like, hey, you know, who are you to say that no harm is dumb? And he's like, who do I have to be? And I was like, fuck, there are so many good lines in this episode. Like, I just I can't write yeah, them all like down. Responses. Yeah. Yeah. Like just back, back and forth. Yeah. yeah. She's like, who the fuck are you? He's like, well, who do I have to be? Mm-hmm. I have to be. Yeah, it just the way they, way they, like I said, that episode's so smart. Everything about it, I like yeah. it. So, so uh, back in the sick bay, McCoy is making uh, another log stating that Riley has recovered, but that Kirk has ordered Riley to stay in the sick bay to keep him from Caridian or Kodos. And Riley overhears this and freaks out and, like, kind of runs off. So then we get a commercial and then another uh, captain's log saying that the performance. Wait, wait, they... pause. One second, one second. One second before you continue on. Hold on. The, the, cap, the, the log that he was doing, like, Okay, he he said, like, oh, the oh, a, cute, a murdered lieutenant's family. Like, why are you getting that much detail? Right. Like, 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 like he, like, I know Bones gives details, whatever medical details, but he, it's like, it was like, it was the most generic, uh, thing to t- say who the guy was. Yeah. Like it was just, it was like every single, like, why are you doing all that? I don't know. I just, I thought it was kind of a waste. Of, I thought it was kind of weird that. He was talking and let him like oh murder his family like right as he's sitting there listening like the coincidence yeah. that happened it, it's it's so like random random as hell like I don't know it was just I don't know it was stupid yeah yeah that is especially for like a medical log that's a lot of information yeah I just don't, don't make any sense it's almost like he wanted it to happen <laughs> he's like I hope he hears this behind me and freaks out and does something dumb yeah <laughs> like that's why I gave him that whiskey earlier. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, so we do get the captain's log and uh, he just says that the performance that they had scheduled is, is getting ready to happen and that uh, they are doing Hamlet. Uh, so Spock and Kirk are comparing the voice recording from Caridian to the records of Kodos. And I'm like, why the fuck is this on paper? Like they have this whole advanced computer. And they're just looking at waveforms on a paper. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't even um, think of it that way because when that happened, I, I, I forgot what they were doing. 
Like, I was like, what are they doing with those things? I don't get what's going on. So I, I, I forgot what the whole damn thing Yeah, like, they could bring them both up on the computer, like, set their tr- one's transparency to, like, 50% and just overlay them and see if they match. But instead, they're looking at them side by side going, oh, yeah, that, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, like, well, you got to do it. Maybe you have to do it by eye instead of computer. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Spock believes that they are a match, and Kirk says that they're not an exact match. Uh, but he says that they're dealing with a man's life and that no machine can make the decision. So that's why they're looking at it on paper. But if the machine can't make the decision and you can't make the decision, then why the fuck did you have him record the thing to begin with? You know, another thing that might have been this would have made it a lot easier. Do they not do like the fingerprints anymore uh, when they're born? Right. Like they can't do like compared fingerprints or like a blood work. Like, hey, uh, we're going to test your blood to see who you are. OK, time out. I, I got it. I'm a defendant for this one. Maybe all the records were destroyed. That's, That's all too convenient. Maybe, 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 I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe they would destroy it. Okay. It's too convenient for real life, but for this show, that's perfect. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah, for any drama, like that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens. So we're still, we go back in the sick bay and McCoy uh, is entering the sick bay to find that Riley is missing. And so he immediately calls Captain Kirk to tell him that Riley's missing. So then Kirk receives a call from security uh, telling him that a weapons locker was broken into and a phaser is missing. So Kirk sends out a security alert to find and restrain Riley and says that he's armed and possibly heading for the ship's theater. And I'm like, they have a dedicated theater too? Like, shit, they have beach deck, they got bowling deck, they got theater deck. Yep, yep. They thought of everything. Make sure you're not... Okay, Paul, this one's for you specifically, but we get that shot of the security guys doing a super half-ass check looking for Riley, and the two guards fucking flag each other with their phasers. They point them directly at each other. (laughs) Dude, I just... The security, once again... See, at least the second guy took a left and a right look. Yeah. You know? At at least he did that. I just, you know? But, like, they're walking around with phasers... Pointed straight, finger on the trigger, just pointing them at each other. Eddie, and, yeah. and like, I've never hey. handled a firearm. Breaking every gun rule. Yeah, I've never handled a firearm, but I know you don't do that. <laughs> you know, each other, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and, and, and part two, my issue is, why you got the phasers out? Like, like I, I personally think that if a captain called you and it's, it's Riley, one of your boys, why you got phasers out? Well, because they said like, he was armed. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, there you go. I guess I can. Well, they also remember that. when he went mad and was trying to give away uh, ice cream. Ice, so. ice cream too. That's oh, yeah. a positive. Yeah, ice cream. Yeah, that's a positive. Oh, yeah, well, still got to shoot him. Yeah, it wasn't enough. We wanted <laughs> we wanted triple ice cream. <laughs> How dare you! But uh, we go to the uh, the play, and uh, Kirk is searching for Riley like behind the set or behind the scenes, and he finds him, and Riley's got the phaser. And Kirk's like, hey, go back to the sick bay. And Riley's like, well, Kodo's murdered my mother and my father. And Kurtz, or Kurtz, yeah. Kirk tries to convince him that it might not be Kodos. He's like, that might not be the guy that killed them. So Riley says, you know, I know it's him. I know him by his voice. So Kirk orders Riley to hand over the weapon and approaches him and then just calmly takes it from him and says, hey, go back to the sick bay. And Riley's just like, okay, and just goes. Like the, the right. most anticlimactic thing that they built to. Like just nothing happened. They're like, hey, there's a guy. He's looking for revenge, and he's got a gun. And then he finds him, and he's like, stop. And he's just like, okay. So, so I don't know what the point <laughs> of any of that was. But uh, Caridian does hear Riley uh, while he's putting on his play. Uh, Caridian's doing the play, not Riley. And uh, between the scenes, you know, they take a little break between scenes. And he's 
Credian's having a discussion with Lenore, and he says that he heard a voice from the past that haunts him. And he says that there was a part that he played a long time ago, and uh, she says that after her performance coming up, the last two people that can harm him, being her dad, are going to be gone. So then she's like, it was me that killed the other seven people. And then Caridian gets super upset and says that uh, she was the one thing in his life left untouched by what he'd done, which like was a kind of a swerve. I really didn't expect it to be her. Yeah, yeah I really like this part of the, the scene that they did showing that, hey, he acknowledges that he was a monster, but he loved his daughter and didn't want her to be part of that world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Kirk overhears them talking and he kind of like starts moving towards them. And, and this is really weird. Cause like Lenore sees him and they just, but just, they just continue their conversation. Like Kirk's not there. Uh, so Kirk approaches and yeah. he orders them to go with him. And Lenore says that they will, when the play is done and, and Kirk's like, well, the, the play has been done for 20 years. So Caridian starts like trying to justify his previous actions, but says that he never wanted the blood on his hands to stain Lenore as well. And she's like, no, you know, I saved you. And Kirk is like, well, she killed seven innocent men. And she says that she would have killed a a world to save uh, her father, which this was like just some amazing acting from her. Like just, I don't know who this actress is, but like we we always, yeah, we always get that one part in the series where like somebody really has a standout performance or like a standout line or delivery. And like this, this was it. Like hers was really, really good here. Yeah. I think her whole, uh, like she seemed all normal and dreamy, you know, the whole time, whatever. And then when it came to her father, you you saw she was so in awe of her father that she was a little bit crazy. Yeah. It it was a little bit crazy. Like, like it wasn't, she was so in hot. And our father somehow made her crazy, which I found interesting. Like the fact that her her love for her father, the way she just come out of father, made her do all these things to protect her, whatever, protect him, whatever. I found that cool. Yeah, I'm not cool as much. I found interesting. Right. I also wonder how she found out about his past because, like, there were oh yeah, they don't mention. Oh, that. I bet he told yeah, there were like nine people that you know knew anything, and she just somehow found out. Well, yeah. How did he know the nine people that? And- yeah, and then um, it said twenty years. She's nineteen. Where was the mom? Where's the mom at? Like, they never mentioned the the, no, the mom. No, yeah, not at all. With the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I, I, I was something else. I, I wanted to know. And I, I assumed that I assumed that twenty years ago he remembered and he was tell, probably told her the truth. But over time, he's been forgetting and forgetting and not knowing things. Well, like twenty years ago, she would have been born. She's only nineteen. Well, see, twenty years plus five. I assume at five years old, maybe I told her the story. Six years old, I'm not sure. We don't we don't know how. How soon his dementia, whatever, making him not remember it right, uh, has came back. How, how bad it is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. But they get they get a call that they have one minute to go on the stage, and Kirk calls the guard to take them away. But she freaks out and she grabs the guard's phaser and runs out onto the stage. So again, awesome work by the guard. He literally had one job, and he like he screwed it all up. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, Paul, you might want to take this one. Uh... How how is the trained guard getting his gun taken away that easily? Uh, you know, he was the influence of uh, the true. Apparently, he was sipping some some of the true, you know, before. You know, he didn't he, he didn't know he called on duty. You know, and he, he was he, he was a little yeah, his, his reaction that's time all. suffered a little. That's all. Just just, just a tad bit. Yeah. You know, a little bit. Man, Kirk's gonna make him run those drills for the next hour <laughs> until he gets hundred uh, yeah, percent. And he's gonna take that other eight percent. Yeah. Well, well, well it's just it's just like he walked up with it on his hip talking or whatever you know not paying attention I don't get why but you know and then is that how easy you can remove a 
a phaser for somebody's hip that's sitting there, like just grab it and pull it. Cause she didn't lift up or nothing. It was just a, a grab and a pull. Yeah. Like it was stuck on there by a magnet or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that did come off really easy too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so she grabs a gun and or the phaser and she uh runs out to the stage and everybody's all like, Oh my god, what's going on? Like this isn't the play I paid for. And so Kirk approaches her and uh she says, you know, she does this whole beware the ides of March thing. And goes to shoot Kirk, but uh, Anton Critian steps in front of him and takes the blast instead. And I was curious about, like, I've heard the the saying, the Ides of March before, but I, I don't know, you know, the background for it. Um, I'm not sure. Dan, you know that one? I do not. Okay. I bet it's something, it's something Roman. Yeah, it is, actually. I bet it's a- I bet it's something, something sounds, sounds Roman. Yeah, so the Ides of March is the 74th day in the Roman calendar. Uh, and there were like a lot of religious days and things on that or like around that. Uh, but that comes out to be actually March 15th. And it was notable for the Romans as the deadline for settling their debts. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, watch out for the day that you got to settle that debt. Oh, so oh, the Ides of March, like the month, the month of March, the Ides of assuming, uh payment or whatever or tides, the Ides of March. Oh, OK, I got it. Yeah. So uh, she kneels by her uh, dad who she just shot and she delivers a few lines from Hamlet and, uh, and then she starts crying and Kirk just pulls her off and takes her away. And I'm like, nobody in the background did a single thing to stop any of this. They, they're all like, they're watching <laughs> they're, this they're happen. Watching. Like she has her back to them all and they're all just pretty uninterested. Yeah. Like, man, this is just a weird ass play. Like this took a, a weird nope. turn. And like any one of them could have come up behind her and grabbed, like grabbed her or grabbed the phaser. Maybe, the, maybe they thought, maybe they thought it was a play. Still, maybe they thought it was a play with Captain. Yeah, Kirk they thought it was part of the that. show. They never, they, they never saw Hamlet before this was their first <laughs> like, show. Hamlet was a yeah, weird this was a, dude. This was a rare different. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't expect Hamlet to use a phaser. I, I thought they might start clapping at the end. I thought, oh, maybe they think like if they did that, that, like, that would have oh. been hilarious. <laughs> after they start clapping, they're like, oh, this was the part of the play for real. Like, yeah. oh, they didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, the other weird thing about this, too, was I noticed when Kirk uh, picks Lenore up off the ground, he's still holding the phaser in his hand, but he's holding it in a really weird, nonchalant way and ends up pointing the barrel at his own face. And I'm like, fuck, dude, this ship needs some weapons training. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, like this, this whole ship needs some weapons training because they are just bad. Yeah, I th- yeah for real. Yeah, so uh, a little bit later on the bridge, McCoy enters with his medical report, and uh, he says that Lenore does not remember anything, and she even thinks that her father is giving performances in front of cheering crowds. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> why? But then uh, he mentions that you know he's like, hey, Kirk, you really cared for her, didn't you? But Kirk just kind of blows him off and like gives everybody the orders, to, gives his crew orders to leave order or to leave orbit. And Bones is like, well, I'll take that as your answer. And then they just leave orbit and continue to their next destination. And that's the end of that. And I was wondering, like, does she not remember anything? Because it's just like one of those traumatic things that really messed her up. And so she just like kind of went crazy. And that's like her mind. Her mind was just like, yeah, you know, that didn't happen. Like that's her her coping mechanism for having killed her dad. It fractured. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I thought maybe her mind fractured or whatever. I mean, it was a little too... It was a little too clever. I thought it, I mean, I, the way it ended was okay. I just think it would have ended it different, like with her shooting herself and, and her father after she killed herself. Yeah, like a true Shakespeare or, ending. Like a true, yeah, I thought, like, it's such a Shakespearean show, I thought it was just not a great Shakespearean ending, you know? Yeah. Unless, unless you took some kind of chemi- chemical to make her forget, you know, or something like something like that. I don't know. I thought there was a, a, a bigger ending 
Like they could have been something that was a little better. I don't know. But yeah, it was, if, it was, well, if they hadn't destroyed the neural neutralizer, they could have used that on her. Boy, I really can't yeah, pronounce that. Neutralizer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, for real. Okay, so Paul, what was your uh, final thoughts on this then? Honestly, uh, compared to the last episode, this episode was amazing. I said this episode was like a nine, and it literally was because, for some reason, it was the first time in a long time I watched this show, and I just watched, listened to the dialogue and the way they talked and the way the conversation, and it was so well written, and the com- and everything, like, all the scenes went well together. It was just, it was good. It, it, the, the episode got better as it went along, but it, it was very good. I do... Uh, Want to say that one thing they called me was uh, she, when she had her crazy eyes and they they threw the camera on her eyes. Somehow the eyes conveyed crazy eyes, and I don't know how. Like it w- it was just the eyes sitting there looking, Acting. and I was like, "Yo, this chick is crazy." Yeah, but just her eyes. She her eyes look crazy. I was like, "Yo, she looks crazy right now." Like I'm scared of her. I don't know how they did that. Like I don't know if she had the angle of the eyes or what she was saying. However, did that was a. Uh, that was cool. So, I, I, like I said, I love the episode. I did want to clarify. They said a clever uh, quote in there that uh, he didn't say that I, I actually wrote down for in. It says, uh, "He says, uh, worlds may change, galaxies disintegrate, but a woman always remains a woman." Yeah. And when I heard that, I thought, when I heard that, I thought, "Wow, the writing in this show is just insane." Like that, like every episode, is, there's some kind of quote or something that might stick with you. Like if you want to write that down and keep that in the life quote. Like that would be one of the things you have, and I know I just that stuck with me. So, like I said, uh, great show. Uh, I liked it a lot. It was just it was fun. It was good. I liked it. It was just cool. Yeah, uh, same for me. Basically, um, really well written episode. For some reason, like the endings to these always fall flat for me. Like I don't know what I would have preferred as an ending, but for some reason, the ones like this uh, that they just build and build and build, and then they just. I don't know. The end just doesn't do it for me. Like I don't. Like I said, I don't know what I would have liked, but uh, it's not a lot. Yeah, it's because uh, he. It's the sarcastic nonchalant endings a lot. Like everything wraps up quickly, a- and it's generally, uh, it's it's like I, I just want something more unexpected, and I want one where everything is not okay. And we had a cl- yeah. one close to that with the uh, dagger of the mind, but then they just kind of did that whole shrug it off, like haha, let's keep going thing. Uh, yeah, it was a good episode. Like you said, it, I think it got better as it went. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Dan? I'm pretty much on par uh, with what you guys have just said, honestly. Uh, I enjoy, you know, the world building and adding lore and, you know, bringing back callbacks from previous episodes. Like, what's the phaser, you know, being able to blow up? Uh, yeah, I can't say too much bad about this episode. Besides that, you know... Kirk seems to be a very moody person from week to week. Yeah, he is. But then again, though, running running a whole spaceship must be pretty stressful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. Um, but speaking of spaceships, did you come up with the, the name for yours? I couldn't think of anything clever. All right. That works for me. So, yeah. Uh, our next episode is going to be covering Season 1, Episode 14, Balance of Terror. Uh, we're still on Twitter at WWST underscore podcast. We're still on Gmail, WWSTpod at gmail.com. And you can still find us everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And um, unless you guys have anything else, that is going to do it for me. All right. I got one thing to add. Before I forget, hey, people. So uh, do us a favor on our Twitter. So I've came up with uh, an idea for a thing I want to write or a short story I want to write about a Star Trek detective 
in space that travels <laughs> and follows murders. So if you guys can come up with a clever name for me, uh, I'm good. I'm coming up with names, maybe ideas. I don't know. We're gonna keep it in the in the, in the Star Trek itself realm. We're gonna come up with a way. I don't know. We'll come up with it as a group. We'll come on here. We'll get on here. We'll trade ideas, and then when we come up with the good things, I'm gonna write a great story about this new detective in the Star Trek world that goes around investigating murders. So uh, join me on this great journey of ours with uh, the space detective, whatever his name is, when we figure it out. So uh, yeah, hit us up on the Twitter. We'll figure it out. All right, guys. And let us know if you want his catchphrase to be giddy up. No, first of all, no. And second of all, I'm going to have to go call an attorney because I'm pretty sure the Star Trek detective was my idea. But uh, other than that, I got nothing. <laughs> no, no. This is a, this is a joint effort, people, okay? <laughs> oh, now it's a joint effort. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Yep, yep. See you guys later. Later. 